welcome all our listeners in the U.S. and around the world. I'm Jackie Laura Jones, here with you for True Forgiveness Teachings. And I have a wonderful guest for you today. Those of you that are familiar with this podcast, it is a podcast about the spiritual thought system, A Course in Miracles. And A Course in Miracles was scribed by a woman named Helen Shuckman, who was a professor of psychology at the School of Physicians and Surgeons at Columbia University in New York. And the scribing of The Course in Miracles took place between 1965 and 1972. Um, Helen has since passed away uh, in 1982, and she and the co-scribe Bill Thetford um, have provided this wonderful work for people. It is one path of many. However, it is a wonderful path in helping us through the practice of true forgiveness, return to God, return to the home we've never really left. And I have with me a wonderful friend of our family. We do consider her family. And she has been identified as the reincarnation of Helen Shuckman, the co-scribe of the course. And her name is Elzena Ilya, and she is a beautiful 20-year-old student at Dalhousie University in Halifax, Nova Scotia, where she is studying psychology. She is also an accomplished pianist and teaches piano lessons to many fortunate students. And I want to welcome her today to True Forgiveness Teachings. Hey, Elzena! Hi, Jackie. It's so wonderful to be here, and thank you for inviting me on your show. Oh, my gosh. It's it's our pleasure. We, we're going to get into how our family knows you and has, has known you for many years, and it's just so wonderful to be able to share this information with people. And I wanted to start out with just tell our listeners about yourself, um, what you're doing now, and then we'll get into some questions about um, when you started the course, like when you found A Course in Miracles. Okay, so my name is Elzana, like Jackie just said, and I go to Dalhousie University, and I'm in my third year studies as a psychology student. Um, I love playing piano, and I've been doing it for the past 17 years, and I also teach piano at home. Um, I have a lovely place and I have my two cats and I've been studying the course for about 12 years now. So it's actually been a while. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. You have, you know, we, (laughs) I met you at my sister and brother-in-law's wedding when you were nine. My sister, Cindy, Laura Renard, my brother, Gary Renard, we'll get into all that and how you know them and, Alzena, I will never forget, since you said you were studying the course for 12 (laughs) years, it's so funny how when you were nine and I met you at their wedding in Hawaii, you, I will never forget it. I have it right here. You gave us all these beautiful quotes (laughs) um, (laughs) on cards that you made for us. And you also gave us a ticket and admit one ticket, like a ticket that you go to a movie theater. And on the back, <laughs> you wrote Jackie Laura's Ticket to Heaven. And I just thought it was the best thing. And I have never, I have it right here in front of me. 
because it's so funny. And I've been practicing the course for many years. And when I look at that, it's like on my desk in a little frame where I have a frame of Archangel Michael and Raphael, like framed for when I do sessions. And the little Jackie Laura's Ticket to Heaven is right inside that frame. It's like sitting there. And I always think of you. And any time I, I'm, the world really gets in my face, I think, oh, my gosh, I'm at home in heaven. Oh, oh. <laughs> so, <You're> so sweet. <laughs> isn't that great? I love you for that. So, yeah, tell us a little bit. Tell the listeners um, how you found A Course in Miracles. Okay, well, this all starts um, back when I was living in Ontario. I, was, I, I live in Canada, you see. And my mom found the course when I was about five years old. So I would see it all over the house, everywhere. Obviously, my mom was reading it a lot. She was a very dedicated student. And around the time, I was always asking questions about it because I'm just like, what is this blue book? And why are you reading it all the time? And why is it everywhere? <laughs> <laughs> and... I think by the time I was seven, I was asking so many questions about A Course in Miracles and just really wanting to know, what is this book? Why is it so important and significant that my mom finally caved? <laughs> and so she's like, oh, well, it's a book about spirituality. And then, of course, she had explained to me what spirituality is, because we're all, I think the notion for kids is that there's just religion and you don't really see the metaphysical side of things or spirituality. So my mom explained that to me. I was like, okay, so this is, so this is a book about God. And my mom was like, well, yes. And then also proceeded to tell me that it's basically saying that you know, nothing real can be threatened and that none of this is real, that this is an illusion. And I think that concept might sound scary to a lot of first-time readers. And I think because of my age, I was fortunate enough that it didn't sound scary. My mom said that, and I just said, okay. I thought I understood the concept, at least, that none of this is real, and it wasn't scary to me at all. So I would try to... My parents had, at the time, had course groups every week. They'd you know, come over and read the course and discuss. And I would love to take part of pardon it as me as seven years old and obviously a lot of the language that the course uses is hard even for adults to read let alone kids so sometimes <laughs> I wouldn't understand everything I was saying at the time but I'd still be part of the discussion and I'd still try to read my sections with the help of my parents telling me how to pronounce things properly <laughs> but by the time it was August 2007 and I asked my mom for my eighth birthday for a copy of A Course in Miracles. And I started trying to do the lessons and everything like that. And my mom, on my eighth birthday, gave me my first copy of the course. I still have it to this day. And all my I wrote down on every single lesson page what the date and the year I did it. And there's lots of doodles and such as kids do. Awesome. I, <laughs> so cute. <laughs> yes. And so... I started doing the lessons of the course and actually trying to understand it as best as I possibly could at that age and doing it with my mom because also she was a student and, you know, I was young and I needed the help and she would help me. And I think I helped her too. And we did it together. And I 
then I met Gary actually the following May 2008 when he came and then it just history from there. Yes, and that is so awesome and I want to give a loving loving hello to Gabriella our family and your beautiful mother and you guys are so close and um you guys yeah. have been such a support system um for each other and well yeah so Gary um my brother-in-law uh came to visit and do a workshop in Canada and you met him there tell us a little bit about that relationship and the kind of I think the kinship you felt right mm. <laughs> yeah I, it's funny because before this podcast, I was looking at pictures from these times. So when I first started reading the course and when Gary came and then eventually when Kim came and there's this one picture, it was the first night that Gary came and I met him and it's the cutest picture. I wish I could show it to you right now, but I'm wearing a UF t-shirt and then Jer- Gary has his classic brown leather jacket on. Yes. It's the sweetest thing. <laughs> and I have my big fur coat. But as soon as I met Gary, and I think he would say the same thing right off the bat, there was just a connection there. Um, We got along really well. And I felt that there was something deeper. Like I did, like I've known him my whole life. And at the time, eight years old, that's not very long. But um, he had a workshop in Toronto. And I went every, I went, it was Friday night, Saturday and Sunday. And I went and I attended every day. And I got my copy of The Disappearance and I got Gary to sign it. And I love The Disappearance. It was, it's an amazing book. I think we can all agree on that. Um, brings all of the principles of the course together in one beautiful book that's actually, that's, I think even, it's easier to understand than a course. And it's a great way to get into the Course of Miracles. But Gary and I got along really well. And I asked if I could email with him before he left so we could keep in touch. And he said, yes. And we have this nickname for each other. We call each other. Um, he's my bestest friend. I'm his bestest friend. That's right. So, <laughs> so cute. <laughs> I know. So after the weekend, we got along really well. And actually, one of my memories from that is I was in grade three at the time. So at my school, we were doing donations for the Heart and Stroke Foundation. So we had to, you know, get donations from our friends and family and bring it back to the school. So Gary, at the end of each day, he would sit at the top. The workshop took place at UFT, which is the biggest university in Canada. So it was a beautiful lecture hall. And he would sit at the very top and everyone would line up to get their books signed, of course. And I sat right beside him and I had my donation envelope. And Gary <laughs> would sign the books and then they would come to me. And then they would usually donate some money. So we were just sitting beside each other and I got my donations and Gary was signing his book. I love that. Very, very cute. <laughs> I actually raised like $350 that weekend, which was great. Woohoo! Yeah, so, yeah. So Gary and I got along really well. We definitely had some a very special connection. And he left and we proceeded to start emailing. And then after that, I actually started to email Cindy and so I was emailing them both back and forth almost every day. And I had a very deep spiritual bond with both of them. Yes. Um, next, then the next year, Gary came back to Toronto to give another workshop. The first one that we held went really well. My parents sponsored him coming and such. 
And Cindy can come that year. That was May 2009 because she was in exams. I remember that as well. She was doing her master's. Right. So she can come. Yeah. So the first time I met Cindy was in Hawaii before her wedding. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And you, yeah. you guys have, have such a close bond, you and Sin, um, <laughs> which is yeah. She's like my second mom. That's, That's right. We, yeah, my second mom. Yeah. That's right. Oh, I just love it. And just meeting you in Hawaii uh, was just so wonderful because I know that Gary used to always say, oh, I have my, my youngest reader, you know, yeah. <laughs> at, 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 at eight years old or whatever. And then were you nine in Hawaii? I think so. When I met, yes, I was when nine. we met yeah. you, Sin and I met you, you were nine. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. right. So, and it was, it was just so great um, to do oh, that. A magical trip. Yeah. It was such a magical trip. <laughs> I still remember the first time I met Cindy because I think we were in this restaurant or you, you guys were in this restaurant and my parents and I were coming and there was a little fence and I like, just jumped off around it. I came <laughs> right just diving right towards Cindy because I, I gave her the biggest hug. Aww. So it was our first time meeting, even yeah. though we had Skype, obviously, Skype previously, emailed right. for the past year. But it was our first time meeting in the physical form in this lifetime, I should say. So it was very, very, it was very, very sweet. Oh, I, I just love it. I just love it. And I wanted to talk a little bit, too, about... Um, your relationship and, and the kinship you also felt with Judy Scutch Whitson and Ken Wapnick. I know you probably have wonderful stories about that. And I, on this program, um, we're very, very much always um, leading people to the Foundation for Inner Peace uh, website mm. and teachings and also the um, FACIM, Ken and Gloria's organization. And mm -hmm. I know that you're close with them as we are. I was fortunate enough to see Ken a couple times and talk with him before he passed in 2013. And, 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 and Judy <laughs> feels like family as well. And I'm just so proud of everything they're doing, with the Foundation for Inner Peace. And they started mm -hmm. a wonderful webinar series that I um, oh, yeah. would encourage people to to check out and Judy has wonderful things on there as does Bob Rosenthal and Tam Morgan, mm -hmm. Judy's daughter about what it was like to be with the scribes, you know, her experience with the scri yeah. scribes of the course, uh, Bill and Helen and everything. So tell us a little bit about how you met Judy and Ken. Okay. I'll start with Ken just because I met him first and right. it proceeds nicely into how I met Judy. Perfect. So the summer, so May 2008 is the first time I met Gary. And then the summer of 2008, um, my mom's former partner at the time went down to New York where Ken was speaking. And my mom and also me, we both were like, you have to go down there and get Ken to come and talk in Toronto. <laughs> so we did that. My mom was very, felt very strongly about it. And I felt some sort of connection to Ken, even though I've never met him before or even seen a picture of him but there was just something there almost like a really nice warm feeling of recognition so he proceeded to go down there and talk to Ken about coming to Toronto and luckily enough for us Ken did come April 2009 so we came to Toronto and again the first night he came it was Friday night we went out to dinner <laughs> I remember we were at an Italian restaurant and as you know Gloria his 
lovely wife is Italian. Yes. And he stuffed his, he stuffed his handkerchief or the serviette um, into his uh, neck of his shirt. He's like, my wife tells me to do this so I don't get spaghetti sauce everywhere. <laughs> but I met Ken and again, it's just, it was so friendly and familiar and we just hit it off right off the bat. Um, we were joking. He would call me the terrible one. That was our thing. I, was the terrible <laughs> I remember one. that. <laughs> and he had an amazing workshop. You know, 200 people came out and wanted to see him speak. And he was only there for a couple of days because he didn't want to leave Temecula for too long. But I asked, so can, can we keep in touch? Can we keep in touch? Well, actually, I called him Kenny Bear. <laughs> yes, you did. Um, <laughs> and he said, well, yeah, uh, let's. Yeah, let's write to each other. I said, okay, email. And he said, no, I do. I, I write letters. So we actually proceeded to do snail mail, and we wrote letters to each other. I still have all of the letters that he sent me, and we sent letters all the way up until his passing, actually. But he proceeded to go back to Temecula, and we kept in contact for, you know, four years. And then the next summer, so summer of 2010, I actually went down to the Face CIM and uh, met Gloria and saw the whole Face CIM staff and went to a workshop there, and it was just wonderful. But, yeah, Ken, just he's family to me still, and I still feel him watching over me. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, Judy. Um, Gary and Cindy obviously knew Judy and they would go up to San Francisco, um, to visit Doris, your mom, when she lived there and then also see (laughs) Judy sometimes. Um, and I remember this was after Gary and Cindy's wedding. They went to go visit Judy in San Francisco and I told Gary and Cindy to give her a big hug and a big kiss for me. And to take pictures. And they went up to San Francisco. And sure enough, they took pictures. And Gary and Cindy are both kissing Judy on the cheek in the pictures. And they're so yep, cute. Yeah, they and are. I got lots of lovely photos. Yeah, you know the exact ones. Yeah. And went there. And they're all together. And I just love those photos still. But I felt like I wanted to talk to Judy. There was just something about her. And I just needed to speak with her. And I felt, again, something there recognition and familiarity so judy emails me this is actually right before i turned 10 so november 2009 she says you know gary and cindy talked um to you uh talked to me about you and kenneth talked to me about you and i've heard a lot about you and we proceeded to start emailing each other back and forth judy talked to me about her life i talked to her about mine i talked about my problems as the problems I was facing as a 10-year-old and the course and past lifetimes and all of this amazing things. And I formed a beautiful, beautiful friendship. And now, you know, you know this, Judy's it's like family to me. She's yes. like my grandmother. Yes. And Wit, again, so close to me. And I love him dearly. And actually, today is two years since his passing. Oh, um, but we love he's you. always in our heart, for sure. We, yeah. we love you, Wit. Yes. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> we, we, we miss wit. And just, there are sometimes Alzena uh, people that are tuning in quite frequently to this podcast for the first time. So um, 
Alzano is talking about William Witt, Whitson, Bill Whitson, Judy Scutch Whitson's second husband, um, who passed away a couple years ago, a year and a half to two years ago. And um, he's he's in our hearts always. And when we're talking about Ken, it's Ken Wapnick. um, And he and Gloria's foundation, the foundation for A Course in Miracles, uh, was located in Roscoe, New York when they started out, and they moved out to Temecula, California. And so just giving people a little history. I think I mentioned that <laughs> Judy Scutch-Whitson was the founder, um, and she's the chairperson for the Foundation of Inner Peace, which is the publisher, the original publisher of A Course in Miracles. So just to give uh, people a little bit of a background of what we're talking about. So Alzena, you this is so interesting how you felt a kinship with with everyone. So tell the listeners a little bit about wh- how it came to be that it was identified that you were Helen. Your feelings maybe I know Ken and Judy felt something. So however you want to go into that, um, how you came to that knowledge. So I think my curiosity about Helen started with the course and when you have the cover of the course there's no author written on the cover and there's no author written throughout the whole book you know it's just Jesus right but I think who wrote this book as in transcribed it right. and, <laughs> and I kept and I was a young girl I'm going back to when I was again seven or eight years old and I kept asking my mom so who wrote this you know obviously Jesus is the one that's coming through here but who's the one that took the time to write this all out and my mom said oh uh you know dr helen shuffman she was a professor at columbia she's a phd in clinical psychology etc i said okay well i i was curious my curiosity stemmed who is this woman and how did she come to transcribe the course and how did this all happen and um the Course in Miracles movie, my mom had a copy of that, and I would watch it with her a lot growing up. I probably watched it at least 10 times by now. Mm-hmm. And again, my curiosity was stemmed. And talking to Judy, because we talked about the past and how the course came to be the course, and Bill Setford and Helen Shuckman, and it just, the curiosity grew. I won't ever say I knew right away, oh, you know, I was the reincarnation of Helen Shuckman. I know all of her, you know, I know what she was thinking, her memories, anything like that. No, no. I just, there was something about her I was curious about. Mm -hmm. And by hearing stories about her, I felt emotions sometimes. Almost like I could feel, I could imagine feeling how she was feeling during these situations about hearing a story about her or um, an absence from Felicity. When I read the, um, the book written by Kenneth for the first time, that's about Helen Shuffman's uh, life and transcribing the course and her relationship with everyone I could feel emotions sometimes about you know when she was frustrated or when she was happy but I never said oh I'm you know the reincarnation or made any sort of um, judgment as such Cindy was telling me about Kevin Ryerson who's a medium who channels he can channel through um, Ashton Ray and he also has uh, St. John and other um people he can channel from and Cindy would have readings with him uh, every so often and I was really curious I was about I was 12 years old at this time and I told my mom I wanted to have a reading 
And so I did have a reading with Action Ray, and I wrote out about 10 questions I wanted to ask him. And one of the questions I wrote down there was if I was the reincarnation of Helen Schachtman. And I remember asking my mom, do you think I am? Like, do you think this is a good question to ask? And my mom said, if I wanted to ask it, I should. But she didn't tell me, oh, you know, I have this really strong feeling that you might be or anything like that. I don't think she wanted to keep my mind in that sense. But she said, you know, I think it's a good question to ask. And, you know, you can see if you do, you have the connection with her that you feel like you do. So I had a reading with Kevin Ryerson and who he's channeling for me was at June Red. And I asked the question and he said that I was. And I understand that some people don't, you know, they wouldn't use mediums or they don't believe in what they do. But at the time, that's what I felt like I needed. And that's how I found out. And it wasn't, oh, my gosh, wow, I was home checked in the past lifetime. Right. So like, okay, that's cool information. I'm going to move on with my life now because I'm all done on this lifetime. And really, at the end of the day, who we were in the past doesn't matter. It's our soul. It's not this body, right? It's just us trying to get through and get enlightened and get through our lifetimes. Right. (laughs) You're very wise. You're very wise to know that. We'll talk about that in a little bit, the concept of reincarnation, what the Course says about it. But go ahead with your story. Um, So I found out. And then um, I remember I uh, emailed Gary and Cindy about it right away. And I (laughs) called Karen and I emailed Judy. And I just wanted to tell them. And I don't think it was a surprise to anyone. I think a lot right. of people in my life kind of already had this premonition and this idea. But, um, yeah, they're like, okay, this is good. This is good. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you uh, found this out for yourself. And But, again, it wasn't a big deal. But that's how I found out. And, yeah. Right, right. And, you know, what? It, it's such a great story. And I think one of the reasons um, I, I wanted – to, we, we decided to do this um, interview is I think it's really important for, I, I've known you for so many years, our family has known you, and for the listeners to get the sense, which I think you just expressed right now so beautifully, about the the back template in your mind of being like, okay, this isn't, doesn't make me so special. We're not, nobody's emphasizing um, that this is such a big deal. As you said so beautifully, Elzena, I couldn't say it better. You're like, well, here I am, Elzena, now in this life, we're all trying to get through, you know, we're just uh, going through on our way home to God, the the place we've never left in, in heaven. But we know the concept of reincarnation only has meaning in the dream here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so since yeah. the, the course teaches that we never go into a body, right? Um, how can we really yeah. in, incarnate in, in one life, 10 or a hundred? Mm-hmm. But since we believe we're here, the course teaches, is the concept helpful, right? Jesus asks us this in yeah. manual. And it, it is helpful. If it helps mm-hmm. us remember that the body's not our identity and things aren't always what they seem to be. It opens our mind mm-hmm. a little bit, as Jesus says, that that birth isn't the beginning and death isn't the end. Meaning, you know, yeah. um, why is any lifetime more important 
then another one, you know, and um, yeah. it, it doesn't make a difference for our salvation because our salvation is always available to us now. However, while we believe we're here, gosh, I've been to Kevin Ryerson many times for for readings to kind of coincide with, hey, is my intuition on the right track about this in the dream, you know, and I've done several podcasts uh, with him that people could um, find on my website, but you're just so wise. I wanted to come full circle to the point I was making is that, you know, we're not doing this to, to make everything so real, but we do have these experiences in the dream that are helpful to people. And I think this is, this is really helpful. Um, Mm -hmm. and that we know that, you know, we've all come and lived, you know, many times and, um, we're all one, Helen, you, me, everybody, we're all all, one in the mind. So I just kind of wanted to insert that and just, um, let everybody know that, you know, you're just so wise about this and kind of, knowing this information and it would just be like, you know, knowing, you know, something else and that you meet someone, you know, in, yeah. in this dream that you say, Oh my gosh, I feel like I've known you forever. And then you become really good friends mm-hmm. with them. It's just another part in the script. Right. Yeah. And I just asked him because honestly I was curious and I sure. did feel a connection there, but I wasn't asking. So I would feel special or, recognition with myself I just was curious and I wanted to know that information and then I moved on with my life frankly yes absolutely it's so fun to know about past lives and everything I know Mark and I were in the Jesus lifetime married together we also had a lifetime in Chaco Canyon New Mexico Cindy and I have had many lifetimes together uh, which we've talked Mm -hmm. about we know all of us here studying the course are in the same soul group which is why we so feel like family and this is fun this is something that we 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 um do in the dream just like we would drink water and eat food and go to work (laughs) Mm -hmm. right yeah exactly so yeah tell me a little bit more then about um then you you we kind of ended with you were like well yeah then I'm going back you know into my into my life you know as Alzana <laughs> thinking about that do you have um, does anything ever come you know into you uh, uh, about Helen or you know since Ken has passed you know and Wit and people you know do you ever have experiences you know where you feel like you know they're with you or part of guidance or any stories that you want to share about that? I always feel like uh, Wit and Ken are with me at all times and even Helen, frankly, but I don't get, uh, you know, straight messages through me. I ask them for guidance. I ask them when I need help or when I'm feeling sad or lonely, they're Mm -hmm. always there for me. And Mm -hmm. I talk to the Holy that's how I get through my days. You know, I always talk to the Holy Spirit and ask for guidance. And I know that they are with me and I can speak to them and they're watching over me as well. And that's how I feel their presence. And I know that they're there. They're always with me and they're always watching me and they're always there when I need guidance. So that's my experience with them. I love it. I love it. And I do think it's interesting, lifetime to lifetime, Alzana, we have parallels, you know, between our dream lifetimes. And you, you are studying psychology. 
<laughs> and you're, yes, and I, exactly. I think that's so interesting, you know, since uh, Helen was a professor of psychology and there's that, you know, correlation, yes. correlation there. Do you have any um, interest in doing anything even with the course? Maybe you don't even know that now or sharing the teachings or <clears throat> what are your thoughts about that? Um, my thoughts are is that I'm very open to that, and I do believe uh, truly that it will happen. I think one day. Okay. Um, just for now, I'm going through school. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to get an education and hopefully a career in the field I want to go to. Um, but I am very open to teach, or hopefully, you know, teaching the course and living it, and not just as a student, but also helping spread the message through other means as well. So yes, I'm very open to that. I think that it could be a strong possibility in the future, but for right now, I'm living the dream. There, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Going to school, trying to get good grades, you know, trying to do all the things that a normal 20-year-old would do as being a course student at the same time. I still read the course. It still helps me when I'm my lowest points and even my highest points you know but right. yeah I'm definitely open to the possibility of that being uh, me not just being a student of the course but also spreading the message in the future yeah awesome yep you're doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing right now as he said <laughs> doing normal <laughs> normal things and you're very busy which I know and focusing on your studies and you're such a great student sharp as a whip and you're, you're doing wonders with these piano students that you're teaching and um, you have a, have a wonderful presence with, with them. And you were just mentioning, yeah, you know, you're a student, you're doing the course and the course helps you. Can you share with the listeners, you know, how you practice forgiveness or what has really helped you with the course? Maybe some of the things you go to or how you practice, you know? So, like I said before, I the Holy Spirit is really what just gets me through my days. And whenever I'm going through forgiveness, I ask Him immediately, you know, Holy Spirit, like, how should I deal with this? You know, first I need to calm myself down right. if I'm angry or right. if I'm sad. Again, calm myself down, right. and then I ask the Holy Spirit for guidance. And every single time, it really helps me. Every time, and. Whenever I feel guided, I pick up the course and I read a passage. And actually, at the start of this year, I decided I'm going to start doing the lessons again. So I'm doing the lessons nice. every day. And so far, so good. Um, so, but the course is, it's there for you. Yeah. And I think the biggest part is that you need to feel guided to open it and read it. No one can force you to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think the more you start doing that, the more you realize how helpful it is. Yes. Even right away. It's it's just such a short, you know, it just helps you so quickly is what I'm trying to say. And then obviously the more you read it and the more that you continue practicing it, it has such long-term effects as well. So the course is, the book itself is very important to me in that sense, but also my Holy Spirit guidance is really, it's just, it's a part of who I am and I wouldn't be able to get through this illusion without that. So, Right, right. You know, you, you make... These are just great points. And it, you know, you're right. For those that find it, this thought system, as we all know, is one of many, many, many systems that lead back to God. Um, 
But those that find it, it, it really is life-changing. And it does have this cumulative effect over time. And you know what else, Anna? A lot of clients that I have, a lot of course students, um, a lot of things that I talk about, um, people just want to know, <clears throat> excuse me, that they're making progress. And you know what? Mm -hmm. um, Jesus has said, Ken talks about it, like, everything's cumulative. Like, just take your example forever. For example, which is just one example, not everybody has the same experience, of, of course, and, and yeah. the illusion, but you know, you knew the course very, very well at a very young age. It resonated with you and it didn't scare you. And obviously having a dream lifetime as Helen, you accumulate that knowledge was already there in the mind, which mm -hmm. is actually in the one mind of all of us. And the course is coming through. Uh, we're all Helen in the sense, not the body, <laughs> but, the, but, yeah. but the one mind that has decided to heal which has taken the form of a book that we call yeah. a course of miracles that has come through but you're so right kind of for for those that find it it really is life-changing and a, a way to give us peace um and it is a cumulative effect you know uh, through our lifetimes those of us that are you know awakening is something that we've we've chosen um, this time wanting to wake wake from the dream everybody's on a different path with that and there are many um, do you feel when you're doing the course if it do you feel a connection or what is your relationship with Jesus I mean if, if there is any in your words how do you feel you know about him or do you mainly think of the Holy Spirit we know these are just symbols of course mm -hmm. um, I mainly think of the Holy Spirit but Holy Spirit and Jay are the same. You're all one, but Holy Spirit and Jay are the same. So right, I use right. them interchangeably as well. Mm -hmm. And no, I definitely do think of Jesus um, as a symbol in my mind. And yeah, I, I use them both on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. And they're they're just there with me, watching me. And I it just makes me feel good inside, <laughs> realizing that. Um, Back to what you said about people that are looking for progress to see how they're going through the course. I think the biggest thing is you, when you're doing the course I, and you're progressing through it, I feel like you realize over time, wow, I'm forgiving faster. I mm -hmm. feel lighter. I don't feel connected to everything, materials and all the bodies around me and all my issues, all the issues we have in the world. And you start to feel lighter and more happy and calm and at peace with yourself and realize that this is not real all these things that everyone has such meaning towards and physical objects and people and situations and work problems etc that it's all just ego and it's just all in the mind mm -hmm. you know and I think that's really important just realizing that honestly none of it matters at the end of the day Right. That is such a wise comment to say. And I, I experienced that too. Um, and I share this a lot in the course group. And, you know, you start to realize as you're not identified with the ego, which is identifying with the body and moving towards spirit identification, which, which comes from, like you said, always asking, asking the Holy Spirit or Jesus, asking 
for guidance, right? Because we don't know what anything is for here. We, we think yeah. it is. But Jesus mm -hmm. is teaching us that our true function here is forgiveness, that there is, that there is a world, you know, and that that, that, that yeah. is our reality. And your point is so well said, Alzana, about things just seem to be lighter, you said, you know. It, it gets easier to to be here, um, not because the world is is easy and things are rosy in the world, but because the course is helping us change our mind about the world, the world about exactly. what it is. Can you give you know the listeners any example that that comes to mind of, of just something that you came through and you remembered how you know how you practiced the course? Um. Well, as being a 20-year-old, <laughs> you have friends. Sometimes you can have problems with those friends. Um, and at least for me, I, I'm a very empathetic person. So when I have relationships with people, friends, family, etc., it's very it's in my heart. So when I have problems with that, it affects me very deeply mm -hmm. in the sense that it, it just really affects how I'm feeling and my emotions. And I get very sad. And it's hard for me to let go. And in the sense of me feeling lighter, I feel heavier. My heart feels heavier. Everything feels heavier. So, you know, depending on whatever the situation is, the social um, conflict there, um, using the course, well, well, first of all, the Holy Spirit and Jesus are my guiding lights. And I think they're all of our guiding lights. But me asking, how am I going to get through this? And how am I going to let this go and not let it affect me so much? That's what I ask the Holy Spirit in these situations. And, you know, first of all, it's just such a small thing. And at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. And this isn't real. And this little social situ situation I'm having an issue with, it's just me. It's just a projection of myself. Mm -hmm. I'm doing this to myself. So I'm just mad or sad or angry, upset at myself. And wh so why am I holding on to this grievance or why am I letting it affect me so much? Thinking like this and asking the Holy Spirit for guidance really helps me to alleviate myself of the stress that I'm putting on myself in the first place <laughs> and get to this understanding that I'm making it all up. It's all me. Everything is just a projection of me. So I should just, I just need to let it go. That's all. So that's how I deal with something like that. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for sharing that. And boy, I remember those times in my teens, in my 20s. And it often is like the, those conflicts with friends. And I'm like you, I'm, I've been an empath my whole life. And I've had to learn to not take things on so much, especially in the yep. er early years. It's very challenging. Mm -hmm. And I I know it helps everybody who's going to be listening to this, many, many people, <clears throat> whatever age you are, you know, we still sometimes feel it. You know, you reminded me of something that, you know, I share with, with, with you too, and I know a lot of people listening do. It, it does, it stings sometimes, these <clears throat> relationships and people that seem to be hurting us. And um, it's so profound for you to have the awareness to remember that it is coming from from us, not not even us as a as a body, but we're projecting from mm -hmm. from, from the one mind. And Alzana, you might know this, but and and a lot of my listeners, uh, know, the regular listeners, know this. I have had a little 
post-it, like a little sign on my refrigerator that I made for many, many years. And when I'm upset about something, it still comes to my mind. I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. I can look at this differently. And my post-it is, um, um, I made this. I am reacting to my own projection. I could Mm -hmm. see peace instead. (laughs) Yeah, well... How meaning how meaningful and significant is that? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I need to get myself one of those post-its. <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. I just have it and it, it's still there. It's all mangled. It has like water drops and everything. I mean, it's like falling mm-hmm. off the refrigerator and it's just this piece, piece <laughs> of paper. It's awful, you know, but I just sit there and I say, oh my gosh. And, you know, I, I'm wondering what your experience is with this. A lot of my experience with the course is... Whenever I get some type of trigger, whether it's in the form of, of some anger or hurt feelings from some, or something like that, with the practice of the Course all these years, I'm able to shift my mind really quickly. It's a Holy Spirit part of my mind. The right mind has been strengthened so much that I don't stay in those situations mm-hmm. as long. And that goes back to progress, what we were talking about before, how when I share with the listeners how, how I feel that I know I'm making progress is how long I stay in the anger mm-hmm. and the upset. Do you yep. find that? Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. What the thing is with forgiveness, at least I've, even when I was younger, I've always been pretty quick on it. Mm-hmm. And I agree when it's a really big issue, I think that's honestly the true test because how long is that going to last with you? How long are you going to be focusing on the anger, sadness, or being in that conflict and not forgiving? But I, for me at least, I get very strong emotions, like I was saying before. So I try to limit my strong negative emotions when the conflict arises. So yes, it is about time for me, but as well as how harshly I'm reacting with myself Mm -hmm. I usually don't say anything outwards until I'm at least in a calmer state but I definitely get harsher reactions and I kind of tend to think about it a lot in my mind and kind of break down the whole situation about what happened and who said what and blah 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 (laughs) all this meaningless stuff ego you know you know how (laughs) that is but yes for me it's how strongly I react when a forgiveness lesson is presented in front of me and obviously how long it takes for me to get over it. But yes, it's also about the strength of the emotions I'm feeling as well. And then that's how I know I'm progressing when I don't get as mad as I would about something that used to frustrate me a lot and I let it go quickly. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Isn't that interesting? I love that about this path. You know, I'm smiling. I feel so just good in my heart right now um, with, with this interview and just sharing this and sharing this. I just had a split second of the dream, really feeling the dream of feeling the oneness of it all. Mm -hmm. I had to kind of click back in that I'm like this body Jackie, like doing this thing we mm-hmm. call an interview, do a chat with you. But, you know, it's very hard to describe that feeling. I just kind of went out for a second and I knew it wasn't written back. And this, jo- this joining with you and joining with everybody that's going to be listening to it is a joining in the mind of recognizing you guys, 
it, it's 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 okay. It's all going to be okay. I know we don't start out that way and things can be really hard, but I just had this overwhelming thing coming out of my heart of gosh, we truly are all in this together and 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 sharing this as part of a reflection of the right mind, part of yeah. focusing on the the content of of love and the mind and sharing experiences so that everybody knows you're never alone. Gosh, we feel that way sometimes, don't we? But we're just yes. never alone. That's just part of the illusion. And I just wanted to share that. I don't know. I have just this huge smile on my face right now because I just <laughs> feel like so much love coming through, you know? <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. And it's funny because me, you, and Cindy actually talked about this. You and Cindy, have, you call it feeling the dream. Yeah. When you just feel completely just disconnected for a second. And I started feeling that way a lot. I don't know if you remember. I think we've definitely had conversations about this before. But when I started to be 18, like, I look at my a reflection of myself in the mirror. And I wouldn't recognize myself. Yes. And so I just wouldn't, like, I could not recognize that as to be, quote, unquote, me. And, yeah, I feeling the dream, it definitely happens often. But it's it's nice when it's not startling you know <laughs> yeah it's you're oh my god that's another good point I know it's nice when it's not startling I know it's so funny yeah. I we did talk yeah. about that and we were all just mm-hmm. in Hawaii together in um, last July which 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 was awesome and got to share oh. a lot of stuff always and yeah mm-hmm. city and I are constantly like we'll just call each we're like gosh you know I'm just feeling the dream and she, she knows yeah. what I mean. I know what she means. We don't have, we don't make a big deal. There's nothing really to say because you can't really no. explain you it. You can't really do anything no. about it. You can't do anything about it. You can't explain it. It's just a, a feeling which, you know, what the course is going for for us is the experience, yeah. the experience that we feel, you know, um, the oneness with our creator, the experience that gives us the feeling of inner peace which is leading to, you know, enlightenment, which enlightenment in the course is just, you know, awakening from the dream, you know, um, of separation. Uh, But this, the goal of just this inner peace that the the course helps us with, you know, and seeing shared interests in everybody, which means, you know, looking, looking beyond, beyond the body, you know, um, and everything. But again, following guidance and doing all the normal things, we do here. We just do it with a different internal teacher, you know. But yeah, your comment about that feeling the dream, and then what you shared about looking in the mirror—I've um, had that experience too of of looking in the mirror just just once. I think I had another some other experiences along the way. It's hard to remember it, but I did not recognize my own reflection once. And I did not recognize our house here that we've lived in our place for so long. I once walked out and I was looking at the dining room table and I was seeing it for the first time. And in my mind, I was like, oh my God, that's right. This is a place that I'm living in right now as this body called Jackie. And you can't explain that somewhere you've lived for years and years and years, but I just saw it for the first, I didn't recognize it. And then I, then I recognized it a a millisecond after, (laughs) you know, yeah, Yeah. it's just, just interesting. So, um, Mm -hmm. but I think a lot of us, and it certainly doesn't matter in the sense, a lot of us have just different 
lovely mystical experiences that that mean something to us along the way and that's not going to be the same for everybody you know <laughs> nothing's more yeah. more important than something else it's just that it's mm-hmm. kind of a sign that the the mind's awakening and you're not yeah. in this little box as much as we used to be you know and so we're having yeah. it's just merely becoming more natural of course says as your mind awakens you're yes. just the some of the constraints because of the unconscious guilt's being lifted and you just have some different experiences but hey exactly. if people don't maybe they're having those experiences at another place in the hologram or maybe they're having so you know but it, it is yeah, it nice. different for everyone yes. yeah it's not going to be the same absolutely absolutely so, oh my gosh. Well, Alzana, this has just been uh, such a wonderful conversation and such a wonderful chat. And, um, oh my gosh, is there, is there anything that you kind of want to, you know, leave people with or anything that you especially like from the course or just anything, you know? Um, I think what I'm going to leave off with is follow your guidance know you're not alone and that everything is going to be okay (laughs) and we're all going to the same place different paths but it's the same destination (laughs) (laughs) very wise enough said i don't have to say anything more uh, of that and you know i just want to mention alzena had mentioned um ken wapnick's book absence from felicity it's the story of helen shuckman and the scribing of a course in miracles and I recommend that as well for anybody who's interested in that. It's just a a wealth of information, you know, and um, just a lot of her experiences along the way, her relationship with Jesus, and it's so funny how how conf- how conflicted um, Helen was. And this is such a famous quote from Helen. I think I'm quote <laughs> quoting it accurately after hearing it for so many years, but she said. Yeah about the course. I know it's true. I just don't believe it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, she exactly. and Ken talks about an absence from Felicity of Helen being the example in form of our conflicted mind, the one mind that vacillates between the wrong yeah. mind and the right, the ego and the Holy Spirit, you know, and how we all just have this resistance, right, to the world yeah. not being real. And, and Helen certainly was a, a great example of that by, by her own, her, by her own words. So I always thought that yeah. that, that that was funny. Um, but anyway, yeah. and I, I also still want to uh, direct people to um, the Foundation for Inner Peace and the Foundation for A Course in Miracles, um, because... Yeah. Um, there's just wonderful resources there, people that were there um, with Helen and just a wealth of information. And so I just wanted to um, mention those things that people can check those out. Um, and um, Elzana, we love you so much. <clears throat> oh, love you so much. And thank you so much for having me. This has been so wonderful. Oh, you're welcome. And we'd love to chat again. Maybe we'll meet again as time goes on. There's always so much, you know, to talk about and so many things to share. So I want to thank you so much for your time and being so generous with um, sharing your experience. And, you know, it, it, it was a decision for you to even, you know, um, 
just divulge this information. And um, I, I think it, I think it was wonderful. I know that you were inspired to do it and um, um, we'll just see where everything leads. And um, you're, you've been doing so well in your studies and we're just so proud of you. And um, <clears throat> I look forward to seeing you soon, whenever the next time that is, and yes. maybe we'll chat again. So uh, we love yes, you so much. Sure. Thank you for your you generosity of spirit. And um, for all of our listeners out there, I just want to remind you that um, you can um, go to Jackie.news. If you need to find me, email me, Jackie at Jackie.news, where you can find all this information um, about, you know, what I'm doing and um, everything else. So we love you all very much. And until love next time, woo, be well woo. and blessings, everyone.